The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Sports America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemond Williams, your host for tonight. I'm going to welcome you guys back to the show. I took a week off last week kind of get caught up on some personal things, but I'm glad to be back. And speaking of glad to be back, I'm glad to have my co-host back so far since I've been back on air. And uh, George, better known as G-Man, is back. So, George, welcome back to the show Outside the Huddle. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Lamont. Glad to have you back on, man. I'm glad everybody else out there for checking out the show tonight, logging on and taking time out their day to check out the show Outside the Huddle. And, George, there's so much things going on with the show as well as in the sports world. But before we jump in that, let me go ahead and give the contact information for anyone that wants to join the show and contact us tonight here on air. If you feel free, or feel free to call this number here if you want to join the show. The number is 1-888-346-9144. Again, the number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at LeeMyWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com throughout the show. I will try to get your questions answered or get it out on there if we have time. And also you can follow me on Twitter at Lemont Williams, uh, at Lemont Williams, that's L-E-M-O-N-T Williams at Twitter. And, George, I know you got a new hand. Well, you changed it up once again. I know you sent me a text. <laughs> you hit me on Twitter. So go ahead and let the listeners know what's your new uh, Twitter name. Hey, this Twitter handle is especially for the show um, by popular demand of Lemont. Uh, my new Twitter handle is at gman underscore sports. So there you have it. Oh, man. See? It's simple. Right to the point. I like that one. At gman underscore sports. That's a good one, man. I like that one. Uh, not saying I didn't like the other ones, but uh, this was straight to the point. Plus, it got the gman in there, which makes it yeah. go. But, uh, George, we have another hot week, man. It's very hot here in Houston, Texas. Hot and humid, like we like to call it here this time of the year. Uh, 90 plus degrees. Uh, yeah, in humidity, it's like ooh, feels like it's in the 100s. Uh, George, how's your week going so far? It's going good, man. A few few personal things happening, but uh, keep on pushing on, and uh, we get we get the sports thing going. So, uh, how about yours? Uh, so far, so good. I can't complain. Uh, midway, I mean, midway throughout the week. Uh, two more weeks. I mean, two more days before the weekend. I'm going to check out the Texans tomorrow. Mini camp, so I can't complain, man. And also, we have an exciting NBA Finals going on right now, so uh, uh, all is well on this end. Definitely. 
Speaking of the NBA Finals, game three kicked off last night, if you want to consider that a game. The Miami Heat traveling up to San, well, traveling over to San Antonio, Texas, which is not too far from us, George. Uh, about three hour drive from Houston to San Antonio. And the San Antonio Spurs laid it on thick on the Miami Heat last night, winning the game 113 to 77. Now, George, we can go any direction that we want with this game because for the most part, San Antonio dominated the game. Starting from the first half, George, let's go ahead and start there and we'll roll into the second half. Starting from the first half, both teams came out very competitive. I thought the first quarter was very fast-paced. San Antonio attacked the paint like always they have done throughout this series. Tony Parker, man, has been uh, playing at a high high level right now as a point guard. He was able to get into the paint and distribute the ball to his big guys, Tim Duncan and other guys. Now, we have Leonard. He's contributing to the team as well as the Spurs bench play. But before we talk about the bench, let's talk about how the Miami Heat and San Antonio Spurs came out aggressively in the first half, especially in that first quarter. Yeah, they definitely came out with a lot of aggression. I think that San Antonio wanted to bring a message to Miami that you're not going to manhandle us the way that you did in game two. So it was it was a pleasant surprise to see a very competitive game, uh, whereas we had a lopsided game in game two. So that was a, it was a pleasant surprise, and I'm sure the San Antonio fans appreciated the coming out party too because it's been seven years since they had um, hosted a, a finals game. So I'm sure they were excited about that. And it's almost like I feel like the Spurs kind of pulled a parent trap move last night, switching mm-hmm. places with the Heat because, I mean, you, you look at the past game and you thought, well, man, the Heat have got control of this series. And you take it back to San Antonio and the Spurs, you know, pulled it to Kimbe Matumbo and said, no, 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 not in my house. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like, you know, from, from the very beginning, the Spurs had a, a set tone and they had a, a game plan they want to execute from the beginning. And it was phenomenal. I mean, for them to dominate the heat like they did, and it just seemed like, you know, Miami was waiting for one of the big three guys to step up which everyone was waiting for uh, LeBron James to step up, especially in the first half. I thought he was very passive throughout the first half, and he was allowing his teammates to get in the game, and he wanted to kind of kick in the gear in the second half. But Dwayne Wade, uh, I mean, he showed some sparks there. He was able to get him going offensively. He was aggressive. Uh, you know, Mike Miller, man, what can you say about Mike Miller? This guy's been phenomenal coming off the bench, uh, you know, hitting big-time three-pointers for the Miami Heat and he was able to have some success in the first half and throughout the game. But where's Chris Bosh? I mean, Chris Bosh, for me, uh, is, is a guy that you rely on, not just offensively, but defensively. It seems like he just is nowhere to be found on the defensive end of the play for the Miami Heat. And whenever they go down low to guys like Tim Duncan or Leonard or whoever, it just seems like, you know, Bosh and company, their front court is nowhere to be found. I almost think it's because of that small ball strategy that they try to enact. You know, Chris Chris Bosh being as small as he is and being the center, um, and not not small vertically, but just small as as in size. He's not thick. He's not muscular, and people can you know body him and and bang him in the in the paint, and he won't he won't be able to to stop them. So getting it down there to Tim Duncan and Thiago Splitter, and getting it you know down there in the paint. It's it's almost unstoppable if you continue to use that strategy. So the Heat have to go somewhere else. And you mentioned that LeBron James was passive in the in the beginning. 
I almost want to say that that's because of the first game, I mean, the second game of the series, he wasn't effective in scoring, so he had to make sure that he was effective in helping his teams to, to be to his teammates to be more effective, which didn't quite work out because Mario Chalmers had zero points last night. Udonis Haslam had zero points last night. So it, it didn't help out that, uh, that his teammates didn't step up the way they did in game two. And you mentioned Mario Chalmers and, and other guys not stepping up, and that's another key factor for the Heat. I mean, it seems like Mario, he's very inconsistent. Some games, like game two, he was pretty aggressive and he was – playing pretty good basketball or no not pretty good really good basketball for the Miami Heat and it seemed like he left that talent in Miami when he traveled to San Antonio because he was non-existing against the San Antonio Spurs now you know Tony Parker to me uh, I like the way how Popovich is using him by spreading out the offense and allowing him to, to set up the pick and roll and be able to penetrate the paint and getting to the heart of the Miami Heat defense. Now, uh, Tony went down with a, a slight little injury yesterday. How concerned are you, uh, George, going into game game four tomorrow night for the San Antonio Spurs with Tony Parker uh, coming into that game nursing an injury? I don't think you can be that uh, concerned about it, seeing just the way that the bench stepped up for San Antonio uh, last night. It's great to see um, – to see Gary Neal come off the bench and score 24 points. Um, that, that He had more points than Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard both. So it's it's one of those things, if you have confidence in those bench players to come off the bench and, and get stuff done, then you really don't have to be too concerned as far as uh, as far as Tony Parker not being in there now, it's it's kind of amazing to me to see that he was that the Spurs were still so effective because if you look in the same conference in the Western Conference when Oklahoma City lost their point guard um, and uh, Westbrook, and they totally collapsed. But the Spurs were still able to keep it up with Tony Parker not being in the game and pull even further away uh, from Miami Heat. So that's a, definitely a confidence booster, if anything, for the team. And you mentioned the guy. One of the guys for the San Antonio Spurs last night was a, a big-time player. You're talking about Gary Neal out of Tulsa University up there in Maryland. I know a lot about Tulsa University. I went to Howard up in D.C. So Gary Neal, as well as Danny Green, a.k.a. the mm-hmm. rifle behind the three-point line. He was phenomenal. <laughs> you know, why, in your opinion, what, you know, what do you think about the Spurs bench and, and why do you feel like they were so effective? Uh, hitting those three-pointers like they did last night? I just think, I mean, the the biggest stat line of the night is 13 for 19, and that's Danny Green and Gary Neal from behind the arc. So it's one of those things, if you can be effective in your shot, they say you live by the shot, you die by the shot, and they were were living last night. Um, You know, it's crazy that you see Manu Ginobili, one of the the better shooters coming off of the bench. Even though he hasn't been that effective this this postseason, um, he's still one of the better shooters in the game. And I think anyone in the NBA would love to have Manu Ginobili coming off of their bench. So it's it's one of those things that that they have such a deep bench that it doesn't matter who's out on the court, they're going to be effective because of their bench play. And Danny Green, what do you think about his play? I think he he was amazing. I mean, you got to think he he had 27 points, uh, which is a, a a big plus as to why they they were um, so effective last night. And the, the best part about it is that even whenever the game was well in hand, he was still hitting shots. 
Um, I think that that speaks volumes because a lot of a lot of teams they'll let off once they know that the game is well in hand. But he wanted to continue to force the fact and let the the Heat know. When you guys go back to the chalkboard and you're trying to plan against me, you need to make sure that you have some sort of game plan because I'm still coming and I'll be here. Now, Danny Green is normally known for his defense, but last night he was all offense uh, with those three pointers, and he just continued to roll. You know, night in and night out from Miami back home. And it's one thing to shoot on the road hitting three points, but it's another thing when you're home and you know those rims, you know how the ball bounces off the rim. You shoot, what, they have 82 uh, regular season games. So out of 82, he's playing 40-plus games at home. So Danny Green definitely knows how it feels in that gymnasium or the AT&T Center. And uh, last night he let it all hang out. And uh, it was spectacular, man. Like I you know, I was tweeting last night, George, and one thing I said on my Twitter account, or one of my tweets was, I'm, I just stopped tweeting. I just wanted to watch it from a fan perspective because it was amazing. It was exciting basketball. And, uh, you know, it was just pretty much they just dominated the Miami Heat in all three phases. Well, all phases. Definitely. And the the best part about it is Danny Green, if you look at his stat line from the past three games, he had 29 points. In the first two games of the series, he had 27 last night. So if you look, if you just look at that, it's amazing to see. He, you can tell he's a defensive player, and that he's normally not the one on on the on the shot. But he's he was on he was money last night, and it it went to show. I mean, that's what that's what won in the game. Him, uh, him being Danny Green and um, Gary Neal, they they were amazing last night. And like like you said, it, it made you want to be a fan instead of just being a media reporter uh last night because it's just something that you don't normally see in a playoff game absolutely and it looks like it's might about our time for our first segment uh, i haven't heard the music so let's go ahead and take a break george let's pay some bills man it's, it's always good to pay bills early get that out the way so let's go and pay some bills and uh get that taken away uh, taken care of and when we come back we'll continue to talk a little bit more about the nba finals give our predictions for game four as well, let's talk about some other topics within the NBA, uh, NBA uh, organization and league. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you want to talk about the east coast sports scene particularly from the southeast make sure you tune in to the jeff owen show every tuesday yeah we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there but host jeff owens and co-host tasha humphrey know the inside and out of the georgia college sports world and they were born there raised there and still live the scene we'll talk about every sport imaginable Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to talk a little bit more about the NBA joining me today, like the last couple of weeks. It's my boy G-Man, better known as George. And George, you still there? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right, George. Continue to talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals. We kind of recap Game 3, talked about how San Antonio Spurs dominated the Miami Heat uh, last game. So let's go ahead and, and preview and predict uh, Game 4 coming tomorrow night. Now, but San Antonio now leading the series 2-1 over the Miami Heat and pretty much controls the series, in my opinion. Uh, how, well, what does the Miami Heat as a team need to do to kind of get back into the series and kind of still a game on the road against the Spurs? Your key word in that, in that question was team, because so far it's been if LeBron James is on, then he's, then the team wins. If everyone else is on and LeBron James is off, then they still win. So what they need to do is they need to come together, and LeBron James needs to be LeBron James. He needs to be the MVP. It's It, it can't be, you know, oh, well, I'm hot this night, cold this night. It has to be LeBron James, all LeBron James, and he has to know that this is his team, which I think he knows. I think he's matured since, you know, his first coming to, to Miami, but I think that either he needs to be on and hot and have another 30, you know, 30, 40 point game or everyone has to step up. And I mean, it's the big three, not the big one. They need to, <laughs> they need to have Dwayne Wade step up and Chris Bosch step up and do their job, do what they're getting paid to do. They were brought to Miami to win championships, multiple ones. And they were the ones that set that bar for themselves. So they need to go out there and remember that that's the bar that they set. Yeah, I can definitely remember LeBron saying not just one, not just two, not just three. Not so this three, is, yeah. He, I mean, for them to go consecutive years to the NBA Finals, they should know what it takes, not just mentally but physically. Uh, I remember Dwayne Wade stating that it was tired. I forgot which game it was. I want to say game two. Half time he mentioned that they was kind of fatigued and tired. So no excuses. I mean, LeBron James, is, is he want to be compared with the best. This is the time where you step up and be the best. Uh, again, I thought he was a little uh, passive throughout the, throughout the first half, and he tried to turn it on in the second half. It was kind of too late because by that time San Antonio got into their stride and he was hitting all kinds of three-pointers. 
and it was, you know, pretty much out of out of control and out of hand by then. But previewing Thursday night, I agree with you. I think uh, it has to be a team effort, uh, and it can't just fall on the shoulders of LeBron James. Now, I'm just waiting for Chris Bosh to show up. Whenever he finds a way to get to San Antonio and participate in the series, I really believe he will be the key, one of the key factors for the Miami Heat. They need to have some kind of low-post presence to be able to draw the defense in, which will open up three points, at least some uncontested jump shots by the Miami Heat. Uh, right now, San Antonio is a little bit more aggressive on defense because um, it's no threat really down low with Chris Bosh and company. Exactly, and the thing about it is, is if Chris Bosh can't stand up and put Chris Anderson in, he's been doing a good job low um, in the post. And if he can, if he can get a body on on Tim Duncan and at least try something, I mean, if Chris Bosh is not going to, you know, pack his bags and make his way to San Antonio, we know Chris Anderson made his way there. So they need to make sure that they get somebody quick, and it can't just be LeBron. It's not all about LeBron James. I know he's the best player in the league, but he can't do it all himself. He's right back in Cleveland if that's the case. Yeah, I just I mean at this point he needs to uh he needs to be effective. I mean he has to come in with that Boston game it was a game five or game six mindset when he was on the road and he was just lights out and unconscious. He needs to have that mindset uh moving forward every game from now on until the end of the finals because um it just seems like he's lacking confidence in some way. I know it sounds kinda of weird and odd, but it just seems to me that he's doubting his ability to be dominant and, and he just realized he doesn't realize that he can turn it on and turn it off. Not like other guys could do that, but uh LeBron James needs to find a way to get it done and and George, well give me your prediction. Who you who you think will win game four uh tomorrow night? I think that I I want the San Antonio Spurs to win, but if you look at just purely statistics, every single time that Miami has lost this this year in the playoffs They've come back and beat the team the next game. And not only beat them, but beat them by double digits. So you have to go with Miami in the next game just for that simple fact. If you look at just that purely, Miami has to be the one that wins the next game. Now, I do think that the Spurs will win the series, but I think Miami takes the next one. It's going to be a competition. It's going to be very competitive. Uh, It's going to go down to the wire. Uh, If I had to give an edge to someone, I see Miami win it within four or five. Uh, but, um, you know, because it's going to be de- – any team that's desperate is going to come out aggressively and fast. And I think uh, the Heat's going to be definitely desperate. They don't want to go down 3-1 with the possibility of them not going back home. Uh, yeah. they got to wrap with the, the compete in this series. So uh, it should be fun. It's definitely a fun, entertaining series thus far. Uh, I know they're getting good ratings. The NBA is getting good ratings for this series. And we'll see how it takes place. We'll see what what, what happens uh, moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, talk about some things that's going within the NBA. One with our Houston Rockets. Uh, the Houston Rockets, among among other teams, uh, this week has been hit with some fines from the NBA for tampering. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, the NBA has fined the Houston Rockets as well as the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Falcons, Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about football already, going through football withdrawals. But Atlanta Hawks uh, and another team, uh, which has not been disclosed yet, for finding and for tampering with the possibility of signing some undrafted, I mean, excuse me, some free agents here starting in July 1st when the free agent market starts. And guys in particular, 
you know, you talk about Chris uh, Chris Paul, CP3. You talk about the biggest off-season acquisition right now, and that's the White Howard. Uh, not really focusing too much, George, on the Atlanta Hawks. Let's focus on our local team, the Houston Rockets. Are you disappointed when you hear about the Rockets trying to tamper with a team, with a player that's still on the contract as of right now with the L.A. Lakers, talking about Dwight Howard? Or you, you know, or do you have an approach, or do you think, you know, despite the fine, uh, it shows that the, the Rockets are being very aggressive and trying to go out to Dwight Howard and make themselves a better contender going into the 2013 season? I think the Rockets have already shown that they are – aggressive and willing to do whatever they have to do to get Dwight Howard here. And I think that as an organization, you just can't make the mistake. You know what the rules are. You know that you can't mention other players in any types of brochures, any types of things to help sell tickets for your team if they're not a part of your team. It'd be like if you were under contract, you know, with uh, with Voice America, and another radio brand uses you as their advertisement. You can't really do that because it, it's a conflict of interest, and it's not fair to your, you know, your, the person who you're under contract with because they still are trying to make money from you. So it's it's one of those things. I I'm disappointed in the Rockets, but I know where they're coming from because they want to make sure that they get Dwight Howard in Houston because if he's in Houston, they feel like they can be a championship contender, and. If if he's not in Houston, then they feel like it's it's a bust for this this free agency. So I definitely can see where they're coming from, but I wish that they would have gone about it a different way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the owner and and, and Daryl Morey went about it another way with them being uh, fined like they did against from the NBA. But I mean, it's all part of the game. Uh, they're not the only team uh, that's tampering. It's just the only team, well, one of the three teams that got caught. So. Um, we'll see how it plays out. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be very good for the city of Houston if, if Dwight Howard came here uh, to play along James Harden. And, well, can we say, you know, Jeremy Lin, is he still a factor? I guess he is a factor. He's at the point of playing with Jeremy Lin and James Harden and, and, and Chandler Parsons. That'd be a great little mix for uh, for the Houston Rockets and make them, a, uh, to me, a real good contender in the West going into the 2013-14 season. Now, we speak of contenders, George, and we talk about champions and championships. The Detroit Pistons, a team that won multiple championships in the early 2000s, got a new coach this week, George. They got Maurice Cheeks, former NFL player, I mean NFL, NBA player, uh, that played with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he was assistant coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The last couple of last couple seasons now, he gets another opportunity to be a head coach. It's nothing like being a head coach, George. So with Maurice Cheeks going back to the head coach, uh, be a head coach in Detroit for the Detroit Pistons, uh, you know, does this breathe life back into the Pistons organization, or you feel like George is still going to take some time for them to kind of rebuild uh, and get going now with Maurice Cheeks as the head coach? I think anytime you bring in a new coach and you're not a team that's already built similar to the way L.A. Uh, the Clippers are already built and uh, the Grizzlies who have a coaching vacancy are already built. I think that it's always going to be a rebuilding process. Now, signing Mochis kind of gets them, you know, that first foot, that first step in, in that in that process. So I think that the Detroit Pistons definitely are going to be a rebuilding project, 
but I think this is a first step and it's a good step. I believe the same thing. I think Maurice Cheeks has the experience from a former player standpoint. Now he has enough experience for, from a coaching standpoint. Uh, he didn't do as good like he thought he was going to do in in uh, Philadelphia with the 76ers. But he, right now his record is 284 with 286 losses. So it's kind of balanced out there. Uh, you know, he's a guy that was able to take teams to the playoffs. I mean, he lost in the first couple of rounds, but he's able to produce teams that can go to the playoffs, and that's what the Detroit Pistons need to do first and foremost. They need to take baby steps in this rebuilding process, try to find a way to get back into the playoffs, and from there uh, build on top of that success, and hopefully you'll be able to be contenders in the NBA Finals uh, one, uh, in the next couple of years. But I like the pickup. I like Maurice Chiefs. He's a humble individual. Uh, good guy. The first thing that comes to mind when I think about Maurice Cheeks, at the time he helped out the young lady sing the national anthem <laughs> as a head coach up there in Philly. So uh man with a good heart. I'm glad to see he got another second opportunity to be a head coach uh, in the NBA. Speaking of head coaches getting second opportunities, it seems like Doc Rivers, man, he doesn't want to make a, a full commitment, George, on coming back. Uh, due to the fact that he signed a contract extension a couple, a couple years ago for the Boston Celtics. Now, Danny Ainge is saying that uh, he wants Doc back, and Doc has not really went on record and, and stated to publicly that he's coming back. So, you know, every season it seems like Doc, Doc Rivers is always evaluating his coaching ability and is evaluating the season if he wants to come back. You know, if you're Boston – you know, you're a Boston fan, George, or if you're a Boston Celtics player, do you feel like Doc? It's time. The time has ran out on Doc Rivers now up in Boston, or you feel like he still has something left in the tank to be able to get this team back over the hump and be contenders uh, going into the 2013 season? I think that that's a question I can help you answer on the other side because I hear the music playing, so that means we got to go ahead and pay some bills. Ah, you got it, George. Yeah. I didn't even hear it, but appreciate that. Yes, we'll definitely do that. We'll go ahead and pay some bills. i get George starts real quick on the Boston Celtics, but then we'll jump right in and talk about the NFL and the hot topic this week, which we all know about is Tim Tebow. So we'll do all that next on Outside the Huddle with Lemar Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, you still there with me? Yes, sir. All right, George, we kind of touched base right before the break, and I want to get your thoughts before we move on to the NFL about Doc Rivers. Uh, again, do you feel like his time is running out up there in Boston, or do you feel like he still has something left in the tank? I'm going to tell you something just really quickly because this is the way I feel about Doc Rivers. I think that he's a great coach. I think that he's done – the best that he could do with the big three that he had gotten, he acquired when he first got to to Baltimore, I mean Boston. And if you look at this, I'm going to give you this stat, and and this is probably going to shock you, but in, since 2009, 2010, there's only there's only five coaches that have made it to the finals, and all five of those coaches are the longest tenured coaches with their respective teams in the in the NBA. So you have. Popovich, of course, with with the Spurs. You have Doc Rivers with the Celtics. Uh, Eric Spolster with the Heat. Uh, Rick, Rick Carousel with the uh, Mavs, and Scott Brooks, Scotty Brooks with the uh, Thunder. All five of those coaches have made it to the finals since 2009, and no other teams have. So I think that Boston Celtics have to do everything in their power to make sure that they keep. Doc Rivers, and it doesn't matter what that means. They have to. They have to make sure they sign somebody to to persuade him to stay there. Otherwise, Boston is going to be in a real rebuilding process for a while. Okay. Well, staying in Boston and moving from the NBA to the NFL, you know we got to talk about Tebow. 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 <laughs> Tim Tebow is back. He signed with the New England Patriots this week as they kick off their mini camp. Uh, coming in as a third-string quarterback, all the hype that falls behind Tebow uh, last couple seasons it started back up this season now up there in New England. All right, George, I want to get your original thought. What did you think when you first heard that Tim Tebow was signing with the New England Patriots as of this week? I wanted to know what was going on in Bill Belichick's head. I mean, I know there's no quarterback controversy because Tom Brady's one of the best in the league. 
But it's it's one of those things, you know, Tebow he brings he brings about all this media hype and that's just not the Patriots MO. They they normally are not the type of team that has media surrounding them and you can already see Bill Belichick's frustration with the media just in the first day that, that Tebow's been there. It's one of those things that, that you kind of sh- scratch your head when you first see it. It's it's amazing to see because you never expect Tebow to be there. But Bill Belichick is the type of guy who respects athletes, who respects hard workers, and he gave Tim Tebow a chance on this team because of that. He said that he's smart, he's a hard worker, and uh, he's he's always going to be somebody that you can count on. So I think that Bill Belichick is, is looking at it from that aspect, and he thinks that if he can work this hard, you know, whenever he's not a starter, we can just see what we can do with him whenever he's backing up one of the best in the league. And don't also, I mean, don't forget that also Josh McDaniels is the guy that drafted Tim Tebow a couple seasons ago when he was the head coach in Denver. And that's, and that's what it is about the NFL. It's all about one guy buying it to you and giving you opportunity. And if that guy circulates and stays in the NFL from a coaching standpoint, from a coordinator, offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, or even a, even a head coaching job, you will always have an opportunity to uh, reinvent yourself uh, through that coach. So I think all that stuff you just said about Belichick is true on top of Josh McDaniels being the guy that believed in Tim Tebow from day one and drafting him, giving him an opportunity now in New England. Now, with that being said, I don't think he's going to be productive. I'm just going on record and say he's not going to be productive next or this season for the New England Patriots. One, he's coming in as third-string quarterback. Two, his technique and his, his mechanics are still off. Uh, now, if we're going into the 2014 season, I will say, if he's still with the New England Patriots, I will say he has a better shot of being competitive and, and, and contributing to the team. But as of right now, uh, what we get is a bunch of – what we are receiving is a bunch of hype. Uh, you know, this time of the year is kind of dead. So anytime, <laughs> anytime you get a guy like Tebow signed – to the New England Patriots, or he had something going on. It's a big media hype. <laughs> I laughed earlier today, George, is because you know one person I thought about when I thought about the Tebow signing was RG3, Robert Griffin III. Somewhere, Robert Griffin III was smiling like, man, I'm so glad Tebow got signed because now they can take the pressure <laughs> off him. He don't have to come to the podium each and every day talking about his rehab process and where he's at in his rehab. It's like, come on now, give it a break. It's like. You know, I mean, he's no different. To, I'm talking about RG3. He's no different from today than he was yesterday or tomorrow. I mean, it's not like they're playing next week. But uh, Tim Tebow, I mean, it's exciting. He's in New England, Patriots. However, I really don't believe he's going to be effective and he's going to bring anything to the table for the New England Patriots this season. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I feel the same way. And, and it's crazy because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they're going to bring in – um, some sort of package to help him out to get him in on short yardage. Well, why would you do that when Tom Brady hasn't been stopped on third down and one or fourth down and one since 2005? He's converted 49 straight when he was placed in those situations. So that's the longest streak, active streak in the league right now. So he's obviously effective on third and one and fourth and one. So Tebow has no place there. It's, it's like it's like you said. It, it would be if this was a move. It was a move for the future. Um, if he's still here, you know, further on down the road, Tim Tebow is, is a young guy. He you know he hasn't been beat up a lot because he only started for one season and that was with the Broncos. He's had some success under under center, but 
he's he's got to develop more as a quarterback. And I think that if you're in the mind of Belichick, I think this is what he's saying. He's saying, okay, I get him under Tom Brady, a guy who came into the league with no hype, a guy who came into the league and wasn't supposed to be anything and became something, and then he will teach Tim Tebow how to become what he has already become. So I think that it's a good learning experience for Tebow, if anything. And if he can get underneath Tom Brady and just learn some of the mechanics of the position. And like you said, McDaniels, it's it's all about who you know. It's not about what you know. So McDaniels is there. He's going to mentor him and, and help him out along the way. So I, I wish the best for him. Like I said, I don't have anything personal against him. I just wish that, that he was a better quarterback so that there would be some reason for the hype. Well, the hype is that <laughs> I think that adds into the hype, the fact that we all know that he can't contribute from a quarterback standpoint. No, no, let's get this right. He, I mean, he can contribute from a standpoint if it was the Florida Gators and, you know, he was running that, that type of offense, that spread offense and zone read and, and dink and dump like he used to do when he was in Florida. But this is the NFL. When you got to mm-hmm. anticipate where a receiver is going to be, your timing is everything. Your accuracy is everything. You got to be Johnny on the spot before your receiver gets there, or if not, you got to have some type of pockets presence. Tim Tebow, to me, uh, from what I remember seeing him when he was with Denver, because I didn't see a lot of him in New York, he had what's the key word? The P word is potential to be an improving quarterback. It just the thing about the NFL is they don't have time to groom you on things that. You should always. I mean, you should already bring to the table, and but they they can add on to it, but they don't have time to work on the mechanics. I think that would hurt Tim Tebow. That would hurt a guy like Vince Young, uh, his mechanics. But they were still able to be productive and win. So, uh, with all that being said, you know, only time will tell. It's exciting. I mean, it gives the NFL a spark in a dead time right now, and and uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out, George and. Uh, We'll definitely see here shortly in the football season because I want to say Thursday night football, uh, the Tebow Bowl, you know, New England versus the Jets on Thursday night. So uh, it'll be fun to kind of watch and, and keep an eye on. Definitely. I mean, it's always fun to watch to see what happens with Tebow just because of the hype that goes along with it. Um, like I said, I wish him the best. He was effective in high school. He was effective in college. But the thing you have to realize is that once you get to the NFL, it's a big boys league, and you can't expect that you're just going to come in and, you know, do the exact same things you did in college. Even even RG3, if you look, he had to refine his game, and he's going to have to refine his game for this year, or he's going to end up injured the way that he is now. So I think that RG3 is a perfect example of someone who is great at the position that he's in, but he has to – he has to be able to adapt, and that's what Tim Tebow has failed to do is adapt to the league. Now, as far as, you know, New England, um, you know, I, I just, you know, they have other issues on the table. I mean, their multiple tight ends are, are suffering with, uh, you know, Grunt, he has an issues with his uh, injuries and his, his forearm. And it just, it's just, you know, they have other issues they can deal with. I think having Tebow at the table it just brings more distractions but that's just my opinion but that's just me but uh you know you do one more thing about Tebow uh, if he doesn't make this roster if he doesn't make the team and he doesn't stick around for the New England Patriots do you feel like he's done when it comes to uh prove himself as a quarterback in the NFL 
I think, if anything, Tim Tebow needs to take a lesson from Warner. If something doesn't go right in this league and he can't, you know, for whatever reason, play the way that he wants to play, he needs to go down or go up to Canada and attempt to play in that league. You know, it's it's going to be a harder league, of course, because your your windows, you know, your throwing windows are tighter. Your you have a lot more room to throw, but it's just a, it's it's going to be a game that that seriously is a game of just throwing. So I think that he needs to make sure that he can go there and uh, if he doesn't make it here and take a page out of Kurt Warner's book. Okay, well, good stuff, George. And enough about Tebow. As we hear the music, it's time to take a break and pay some bills before we wrap up the last segment of the show. So let's go ahead and do that. And when we come back, we'll kind of tap into the Houston Texans mini camp and talk a little bit about Von Tate Leach. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time outside the ring with david diaz airs every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, are you still there with me to wrap up the show? Yes, sir. Ready to wrap it up. Okay, George. Before we wrap it up, last segment of the show, let's go and talk Houston Texans. They kicked out the mini camp this week. Uh, tomorrow's their last day before taking a break before training camp starts within the month. So, so much stuff going on this week. Oh, can't forget about Ed Reed. Ed Reed joining the team this week. Mandatory mini camp started this week with Ed Reed joining the club. Uh, didn't participate. He was still suffering and recovering from surgery, hip surgery. But uh, it was nice to see him out there, George. It's nice to see Ed Reed out there with the team. 
participating and in, in talking to the media. Uh, you know, you know. Do you feel, George, in your honest opinion, how you feel about this whole Ed Reed thing? Do you feel like he misled the Texans with this injury, or do you feel like it was negotiated and talked about up front, and now it's just coming out to the media that Ed Reed had to have the surgery? and uh, will not be ready until training camp, or hopefully by training camp. Well, I, first, I honestly thought that he misled the Texans into thinking that he was fully healthy. But after him talking to the media this week, uh, he comes out and gives his side of the story. And basically, that's, that's the reason why you always have to look at, at the, both sides of the story before you make a judgment. He was uh, speaking to the media this week and told them that he basically feels like his hip was injured on the play against the Patriots in the AFC championship game when Tom Brady slid and uh, stuck his foot out and uh, hit him in the hip. He said he still played through the Super Bowl. Um, it was still effective through the Super Bowl. Um, so he didn't really think anything of it. Then he comes to the off season, back uh, after offseason. You know, you being in the NFL before, I'm sure when you've had injuries, you've played through them because that adrenaline is pumping and you're in the moment. But then you have an off season and you come back. And when you come back from that injury after the off season, you see that it starts to bother you. And after the physical, and after he comes in to, uh, to speak with the Texans and they sign him, he he starts to run around and see that that hip is bothering him a little bit. So that's when the Texans and Ed Reed decided, okay, let's get this nips in the butt now. So I feel like he didn't know that it was as serious as it was. And and I like I said, that's why I always like to hear both sides of the story because. Once he explained it, it, it just didn't seem like he was trying to hide anything. Yeah, knowing the Texans, knowing how they operate, knowing how how much homework and due diligence they do on their players, I think they kind of had an understanding uh, of the fact that he had to take a take some you know some time off to kind of recover from that long season of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know. For me, I really believe Ed Reed is brought in for more than just his ability on the field. He's brought in to help guide and coach up a lot of the young players as well as bring some leadership back there. And he's still a threat in the, you know, at the safety spot. So, And also, he's close to home. I mean, from a personal standpoint, Ed Reed probably want to wrap up his career as a Houston Texan, but he'd probably retire and go into retirement as a uh, Baltimore Raven. I'm a Raven, so I really believe – all those three factors, uh, you know, added into the pot, brought him here to Houston. Now, uh, do I doubt him as a professional? Do I think he will he will not be ready? I, I don't think that. I, I know he he will be ready against uh, whoever team he lines up against. But uh, you know, the Texans need all the help they can get up front. But this is just OTAs and minicamp. It's really nothing that he needs to go out there and prove himself to the coaches. I'm pretty sure his Resume speaks for itself, uh, but in the long term, I think it's, it's, it's more than just being on the field for Ed Reed. It's kind of getting those guys coached up and mentored and getting ready for uh, the future, which is uh, will be here shortly for the up-and-coming safeties for the Houston Texans. Yeah, definitely, and it's cool because you see that they drafted DJ Swearinger, and um, he can learn from a guy like Ed Reed. Everyone knows that Ed Reed's resume looks like he's going to be a future Hall of Famer, and I don't doubt that for a second. I think he will be in the Hall of Fame, and if you were a rookie coming into the league, 
who better to be mentored by than someone who's already known as a future Hall of Famer? He can give the, the rookies that mental aspect of the game that they really wouldn't learn just from being out there on the field. So it's exciting to see just because you have to think about if if I was able to be mentored by the greatest broadcaster in history, then that would be great for me because I can learn things that some other broadcasters may not have experienced. So it's the same thing with uh, with Ed Reed being able to, to mentor these young guys and, and take them under his wing. And I think that that's really what the Texans brought him in here for, and I'm excited to see what it, what it ha- what happens with it. Yeah, it, it, I think it'll play out to the point where we all are happy that the Texans have their safety back there. I just think uh, not seeing him out there and you sitting there really being a durable guy, dependable guy, and not seeing him out there is kind of shocking. But yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back out there. It's not a big deal. Speaking of a guy that's being back, Tim Dobbins, the linebacker for the Houston Texans, he's back. He was back in mandatory minicamp this week. Uh, he set out of OTAs uh, due to some contract issues. He was kind of holding out a little bit. But it's good to see Tim Dobbins back as well. Um, let's talk about the linebackers. You know, Tim Dobbins, Brian Cushing is coming back from his injury. Uh, you know, at one time the Texans linebacking core was the strength of the team. Now it seems like there's probably the weakest link on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and it's crazy to see because that transition happened so quickly. You would never think that, you know, just one injury would, would kind of crush your season. But if you look at what the Texans did last season after Brian Cushing went out, uh, with his injury, it kind of it kind of hurt the team, and I, I think that that's a big key to the reason why they weren't able to stop some of the teams that they were facing. If you look at the Patriots um, that they had to face twice last year; they got they got burned by the Patriots. I think if that leadership from Brian Cushing is out on the field, that doesn't happen. So their linebacking core is definitely still a focal point of this team, and I think that at the end of the day, if they don't get that shirt up. And they make they don't make sure that they have depth there, and they could they could be seeing some trouble. What are you expecting from Brian Cushing coming back from his injury this season? I expect Brian Cushing to have uh, a season similar to his rookie year. Uh, I think that he'll he'll come out and have big numbers and and be a big uh, asset for the team. If you look at it, he he's been he's always been a player that when he plays, he plays at one hundred and ten percent with his motor going 100 miles an hour all the time. So he's not going to go out there if he's not going to be able to be that effective. And, you know, speaking with him during the, during the season, this past season, he's frustrated. He's frustrated that he wasn't able to be out there with his team and to take them further and further in their journey. And the Texans, you know, they've made strides these past few years. The first time that they'd ever won the division, they got out of the playoffs uh, in the second round. Same thing uh, this past year. They they won the division again, and they get out of the playoffs in the second round. So I think Brian Cushing wants to be a part of taking that next step forward and getting into the championship game. And if he can be the Brian Cushing of the past that we've seen, I think that that, that very well could happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out because uh... – Brian Cushing is a guy that uh, he's going to be dependent on a lot this season for the Houston Texans. I mean, his leadership, you know, being aggressive at a point of attack, being able to bring uh, that toughness back to the middle of the linebacking cores is going to be huge, uh, you know, for the um, for the Houston Texans. Finishing off before we wrap up, looks like we got uh, another two or three minutes. So sticking with the linebackers. Uh, um, uh, the Texans, 
number one draft pick. I can't think of his name right quick. My name slipped on mine. Um, uh, Whitney Merciless. Merciless. Whitney Merciless from last year. Oh, oh man, here come the music. I thought I had two minutes. Okay, I was wrong, George. I thought we had more time to talk about Merciless, but uh, we'll roll into that next week as well as other sports topics. But George, I want to thank you, man, for coming on to the show once again and and kind of uh, walking through this thing with me just uh, for an hour and talking about some sports. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, I'll be here each week. You want me here, so I'm here to talk sports. I love doing it, so I re- really appreciate you having me here. No problem, and also I want to thank everybody out there for listening to Outside the Huddle. We'll leave my Williams. Until we meet next week, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.